Hi guys, today is a solo episode and I sounded super American. Um, I am talking about a topic that is super important, that is so important to talk about if you want to live a life of breakthrough and if you want to actually see transformation in your life. And that is the biggest, one of the biggest blocks that will yeah, get in your way of getting where you where you want to go. And that is the topic of shame. <laughs> a fun one. You'll probably notice um, in the episodes that I kind of reference shame a little bit or my client, uh, the people that I have on the episode will be talking about shame. But what we don't talk about is all the nuances of how shame shows up and then how to get free from it and how to really the whole goal is to see yourself in a fresh way. And shame is the thing that fogs up our own lens of us having distorted per- perceptions on how we see ourselves and how we see the world. So um, it's, it's shame can be a heavy topic to talk about. So I totally understand if you listen to this episode and you're like, I just feel ick after listening to that episode. That's because that's what shame is. It's like this ick thing. And I've taught my students this class on shame because I love talking about shame-free creativity and breaking off perfectionism and people-pleasing, which is all in the shame family. Um, I like every time I teach it, Without fail, I'll have students coming up to me feeling like, I feel gross or I feel ick or this is not a fun topic to talk about. But hopefully as you listen today, you'll feel more enlightenment than ick um, because the less we talk about it, the more we have it. So start exercising the muscle of talking about shame. And I think that when I went on my, started on my emotional health journey, I didn't realize this, but I was in deep denial about areas in my life where I thought I was confident, but actually I, I, that was a false sense of confidence. And the more I've really gotten free from shame, the less I, um, yeah, less I have weird delusions about myself and I'm okay. I think a lot of us try to avoid our weakness or we over-identify with our weakness. And so I, I think I'm learning how to put weakness in its proper place. And what that does is actually breeds beautiful humility rather than this superiority. So um, whereas I think sometimes I can come across a little superior, but that's actually shame. So if you feel patronized by someone, that person's probably operating in some level of shame. 
Um, so today I'm going to talk through how shame shows up and I'm going to reference um, Dr. Brene Brown. You guys know I love her, um, but because she's done all the research, so she knows what it is. And um, I, I like to kind of bring it to light so you know how it's showing up because I think my biggest thing is being in denial about having shame. Um, and I think when you go into counseling or you start working through some of your issues, your denial bubble gets burst and, um, yeah, it's, it can be kind of very, very confronting (laughs) and yeah, you can have mixed emotions about that, but really we can't even shame ourselves or judge ourselves for having denial because denial is what keeps us safe to a certain degree. So I think a lot of us can have denial about our childhood and the effects of our childhood because it feels too painful to look at it, number one. Number two, it feels we have a deep sense of loyalty to our parents and we want to be honoring and respectful. Um, But what that can create is a denial about our actual experience and and that we were that we actually um, were affected by that experience and so coming out of denial has been just the game changer because then you're really connected to reality and then you can actually do something about it and uh, denial is a big self-protector so So another way of looking at shame or what a lot of psychologists call shame is the shadow self. So it's often and what our ego likes to do is, which is the person that we present to the world, is does everything it can to protect the shadow self. So the shadow part of you is really um, if you accumulate a bunch of painful memories or Uh, moments of uh, humiliation or embarrassment, Um, humiliation and embarrassment are part of the shame family, or you did something bad and you're, you're not sure, like you wouldn't say it was guilt, it was more of a shameful I am bad. Um, So the difference between shame and guilt, shame is I am something wrong. And guilt is I did something wrong. So it's less personally identifying as um, I am something bad. So what the shadow does, it's like we have a painful experience and we shut it down. We don't know how to cope with it. And so that goes into, it's like it gets thrown into our shadow. And the shadow, it's, I, I think before I moved to America, I would say I would had a huge shadow self. Like I just felt so bad about myself, but because I was in denial, I would have come across as an e- like a confident person. Like you wouldn't have really known. And the, so the shadow self is kind of like really learning to heal that part of us has been really learning like an onion. (laughs) There's different layers. So you're peeling back the onion every time you voice shame, you go to therapy, you uh, start showing up and being unapologetically yourself. 
And I think a big thing, especially as an artist, as a creative or a business owner or a leader, you have to be in front of people. You have to be seen. So that can tend to be like where we're confronted with shame a lot. So often shame wants us to hide. And so instead of fully hiding as a leader or as a performer, we get up there, but it's not our authentic self. It's the the image of what we want the world to see of us. And so we live with so many masks and we do that not because we're liars or bad people. We do that out of self-protection. It's a way of keeping our identities safe. So the more we actually heal our past experiences that um, brought a lot of shame, that's the more we do that, the more we get set free to be our authentic, highest, truest self. And feel free to go back to listen to my episode on being your highest self, um, because Shame will always want you to feel minimized, will want you to feel small. And one thing I've noticed, even relationally, if you feel um, someone always likes to put you down or make you feel small, it's because they have a lot of shame. So shamed people always shame people. And not always, actually, I shouldn't say that, but like... I, I know if like I feel minimized by someone, it's because they feel minimized. Because if you felt deeply secure in yourself, you wouldn't have to like make someone feel small. And so I like to ask clients like when I'm working with them and I've also asked myself, where am I hiding and where am I playing small? Because shame likes to keep you small. Growing up in Australia, um, I would not have known this. And I think it's a Commonwealth thing where we have this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. And so it's any time like you want to try something new or do something brave, there is this voice that comes in and says, who do you think you are? which is a very shaming voice. Like, who do you think you are? And um, you can't do that because you're not X, Y, and Z. And so that's where I think sometimes we can be stunted in our growth. But I see like the heart behind having that attitude is like we don't want people being delusional. And so that's been like the deep rumble in my soul as I've moved from Australia to America is actually learning like what does it look like to cultivate bravery and risk-taking and also being grounded in truth and not being uh, completely delusional. Um, so anyway, so part of healing your the shame side is voicing it. Shame can't stand being spoken. And I have like learnt the hard way in like voicing something shameful and then someone being like, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> Don't do that, guys, um, because what it does, shame doesn't actually set you free. Feeling worse about something doesn't actually make you free, but then also not feeling the consequences and not actually sitting in the shame and actually processing through it properly actually can make you quite narcissistic or uh, like you'll shift the shame and pain somewhere else. And so I do, I am talking about taking ownership as well, as well, but to speak into like how shame shows up, 
I think we need to look into like what Brene Brown calls shame shields. And um, these shame shields are really strategies that we use as humans to uh, not feel pain. And part of healing shame is actually feeling the pain. I know this is where I'm probably getting people like, I'm going to stop this episode. I don't want to feel pain. Um, But part of like healing the pain is um, really coming up, becoming into awareness that something painful is happening. And it only takes 19 seconds to feel an emotion fully all the way through for it to lift. And so a lot of us are short-circuiting our emotional regulation process because we don't know how to sit in emotion or we've never been taught that, which how would you know unless you've had someone guide you through that? So there are different shame strategies for how we deal with shame. And and Brene Brown calls shame the feeling that washes over us and makes us feel so flawed that we question whether we're worthy of love, belonging, and connection. So the shame shields are strategies for disconnection and ways we can react when we are feeling shame. So there's moving away, moving against, moving toward. So moving away is secret keeping, hiding, isolating. Moving against is coming out swinging. We fight shame with shame. Moving towards is people pleasing and kissing up. So, um, and just to further go into this, um, and I, I'm going to like out myself of how shame shows up with me so that it can kind of yeah, you can understand the different scenarios that shame might show up for my personality type. Um, I think this also plays into what attachment style we are as well. And I'm going to talk about attachment style on another episode, but I'm going to go through and explain what moving away is, moving toward and moving against is. Moving away is numbing, uh, disappearing into our own lives, um, hiding, secret keeping, addictive patterns, ignoring, dodging questions, isolating, avoiding, changing the subject, denial. Moving toward is complimenting someone in a way that's not authentic, perfectionism, kissing up, performing, gift giving, controlling the way others see us, people pleasing, apologizing when we're not really sorry, fitting in, saying yes when we want to say no, not holding someone accountable for for fear that they will be mad. Ooh, I've definitely been mad. Um, moving against, using shame to fight shame, coming out swinging, sarcasm, blaming, anger, throwing things, road rage, one-upping, <laughs> judging, lashing out and saying something you really regret, slamming the door. Um, I think growing up... Um, I would have communicated to my parents through slamming doors because it was the only way that I could feel powerful in the situation is I'm going to make this really loud noise. And um, yeah, so I think just highlighting these different things, you're probably noticing like, oh, Ella, I totally do that. I totally kiss up to someone 
when I feel like they're mad at me. <laughs> That's shame, guys. That's shame. Um, so I think what I have struggled a lot with and worked through a lot in counseling is the passive side of things. So feeling powerless, numbing, passivity, avoidance, um, that has been like if the rewiring, if I could replace the lot like the deep core wounding of shame which is I am not enough and the way that I cope with that feeling is by numbing um avoiding and or as I, I move towards and I people please and so part of me learning to have an authentic voice has been going to when I want to do that reinforcing a new belief which is um, I my needs matter, I am worthy. Um, it might be, depending on what it is, I think in work scenarios or friendship or romantic relationships, like shame kind of looks differently and takes on different shapes. Like, because the thing is, um, I probably don't have a problem with, it depends on if I'm talking to a male or a female, whether I, I think I would probably people please a bit more if it's a female, just based on my upbringing. But if it's a male, <laughs> I might come out like a bit more sarcastic. That's been a strategy that I've used um, or blaming. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of some examples of how maybe it might show up for me. I think because you guys know some of my story of, um, yeah, like coming out of such a fear of uh, not enough money, which is also scarcity and comparison of functions of shame. So scarcity was huge for me. It was I am not enough. And then also there is not enough money. And so being aware of how I coped with that deep undercurrent of fear was I need to just put bury my head in the sand so I would move away with money I would avoid and where I have really gotten my power back is by really choosing into not avoiding and for really learning how to take aligned action and that's taken a lot of therapy to kind of get into that place where it's like it because the payoff I've built such a um, overcoming in this area. Um, it's very, very rare for me to avoid something financially. I can't even remember the last time I did that. Um, so there's hope for us that we can come out of our old coping strategies into more alignment with who we really are. And I think a big one that I see a lot in the world is um, blaming. So that's the moving against something. And I think that blaming is such a powerless place to be in. And um, it's this tension of like, we actually need to feel validated and acknowledge like where pain has hurt us. So you don't want to go so far away from blaming that you are the bad, that you bring all this blame on yourself. But I think what powerful ownership looks like is kind of accepting that the world is messy and the world, not that we want it to stay that way, but it is, and it's very out of control. I think when we turn on the news, we're kind of 
told what have we got to fear and whose fault is it? And we're really quick to shift blame like a hot potato because we don't want to sit with the discomfort of the pain of the situation. So it's way easier to rage at your boss than to actually ask yourself deeper questions about how you're showing up in the environment. And so where I've gotten the most empowerment in life is really learning how to, number one, do blame-free communication and take radical ownership of my triggers and my interpretation of the situation. Again, there are scenarios that are abusive, like racism and all of that. Like there's some really toxic stuff out there. And so what I'm not saying is that you, it's, you've got to take ownership for other people's bad behavior. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you finding your power in taking ownership of like either removing yourself from that environment or learning to actually have a voice. Um, so a lot of the time when we've gone through so much pain and shame, we lose our voice and we lose our power. And so when we start voicing our shame, that's when we reclaim our identity and we reclaim the space that we're called to live. Um, and so part of that process is actually bringing in self-compassion, self-forgiveness and starting to talk about it. So I think another thing is, and, and this came up a lot in actually starting the podcast, is me actually sharing my own story. Um, there is so many like fears that come up because you're afraid you're going to be judged. And the truth is you are going to be judged. Like you guys listening to me now, you're probably like judging like you were bad with money. Like, pro yeah, yeah, that's that what that did happen. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I'm not judging that about myself. And that's where your power is, is usually if I'm hiding parts of my story or editing parts of myself, I'm actually saying to myself, you're not deserving of love. You're not, you're not good enough. And I'm going to orphan that part of myself. And so I really only show up as a fractured person. But what owning your full story is, is basically reclaiming your identity and you learning to forgive yourself if you have things in your past that you're not proud of. And don't get me wrong, like I think that sometimes we're pendulum swung from being super private to being very um, like oversharing. And I think that we do that because we haven't really found our wisdom, maybe. And so the the reason why I probably didn't put out this podcast a couple of years ago is because I was still growing confidence and still working through breakthroughs in certain areas that I wanted a level of like breakthrough and authority to be able to talk about something. But on the other side, like I am still incredibly human and I'm still growing in a lot of areas, which I will be till I die. And so I think sometimes the imposter syndrome, which is connected to shame, um, can come up even being a life coach or a leader that you should have it together and you should be perfect. But the more I have been a leader and the more I've coached leaders 
And I am yet to meet a person that is perfect. I have met people that are really messy, but are still excellent leaders. And what, what makes them excellent to me is the fact that they can own it and voice it and talk about it and repent and actually, you know, change. Um, I think the, the leaders that don't feel the safest to me to follow are the perfect ones because I'm like, no, people are not that perfect. I'm yet to meet a perfect person. But um, I think, and I've really been blessed with having good leaders that um, have humility and aren't afraid to own their weaknesses. And there's kind of a level of safety in that because you're not going to have someone who's in denial. And when you're being led by someone in denial, it's really, really hard. Ugh, it's really hard. So having, um, I think as we process through our humanity, our shame, it's super important to invite people in. Shame is very isolating. There'll often be like, if I did something bad, no one can ever know about this. And that's such a lie because, um, yeah, like that's going to keep you trapped and, and small. And it's actually saying like, I'm not worthy and I'm not deserving. What, what um, is like a magnetic tractor beam thing is um, our level of self-worth. And um, when we have high levels of self-worth, that means I am lovable and I'm deserving of good things, even in process, even as I'm a learner and learning things. Whereas shame will want to say, feed into your low self-worth, like you messed up, so you're never going to get X, Y, Z. And in some ways, like we don't want to avoid consequences like I really do believe in sowing and reaping what I don't believe is in condemnation and even the expression shame on you that I have strong reactions to because even if they did do something really bad like really 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 bad or morally really bad I would never want to say shame on someone and people are probably going to like you know, disagree with me, but I would never want to say shame on someone because shame doesn't heal people. Love does. And doesn't mean you don't have boundaries with that person, especially when they're violated, you know, some, yeah, like violating the innocence is just like so devastating to me, but I would never it's violated. People usually violate people. So I would want to obviously put that person if they need to be behind bars, but also like um, they would need healing. And so I don't like using shame on you because I think we have subscribed to this feeling that shame is going to manage my life. It's going to make me better. And in some ways it does. Shame is really great at driving performance terrible at driving authenticity. So what we need to do is get out of a relationship with shame and into a relationship with love. And love is the thing that pulls us higher into our truest self. And love is the thing that heals us. So 
Anyway, I'm kind of rambling about this topic, but it's something I feel deeply passionate about because when I have clients come speak to me, they feel really stuck in certain areas. And a lot of the time is they've never really walked through and unpacked how shame shows up for them, what their patterning around shame is, what their shame shields are, what are their strategies of how they, how they keep safe because they're afraid that someone won't like them. And um, once we really unpack that is when true freedom comes. And it's crazy. It makes me look like a rock star in counseling, I mean, in coaching sessions, because I'll have someone come share the most deepest, darkest secret with me in the session. And I will, my goal in that time is to create a non-judgmental space and a safe place of love and for them to feel um, like they can voice the scariest things that are going on in their in their soul. And it makes me look like a rock star because I was just present with that person as they got it off their chest. And what is powerful, because shame cannot stand being spoken, they walk out feeling so liberated and they think that I did some trick, but really I just stayed in a non-judgmental space. And they literally walk and speak and see themselves differently because they've like unloaded that heavy, heavy thing. So... Um, yeah, and that's why I think we're designed for community as well, because, yeah, we're not supposed to carry these heavy things. And um, it's a lot scarier inside. Like even when I've had to like confess and share scary, hard things that maybe mistakes have done or um, things that I'm not proud of that I, you know, self-sabotage things, like every time I voice that, um, my perception of myself feels clearer, lighter, and deep compassion comes in and says, you're just trying to cope like you didn't know any better or no one really taught you or you grew up in such an insecure, financially unsafe, unse- insecure environment. Of course, like you don't know how to cultivate that kind of safety yet. Like there's like a, a compassion that comes and brings you out of that heavy stuck place and helps you actually see solutions. So it's incredibly, incredibly powerful to learn how to set ourselves free from shame. And obviously, I'm a Christian, and I believe that Jesus died to set us free from shame. But I will kind of end with this. Shame, when when I'm teaching my class on self-compassion and teaching people how to be kind to themselves and get free from their inner critic, people will often pendulum swing with how they approach it they will probably start out going like they feel bad that they let someone down and they go oh no self-compassion I don't have to feel bad I don't have to feel bad and then they're not really sitting with like the discomfort of the pain so usually this has been my process if I've made a mistake this is what will happen shame will come up And I will be like, 
connect to my heart and be like, oh, this feels shameful. This feels really painful and I feel so much shame. And I'll just acknowledge that and I'll all feel all the, the, the kind of voice of accusation. I'll feel all those scary things. I'll look at it. I'll be aware of it. I'll acknowledge like, oh my gosh, I messed up. And then the shame kind of turns into guilt. So then it goes from like, Ella is the worst person ever. I'm a villain to Ella did something not so great. This wasn't good. You know, it'll turn into guilt rather than I am something bad. Now I did something bad. So I'm holding that on one hand. And then I, once I can do that, I usually have guilt in one hand and self-compassion in the other hand. So Anytime that we make a mistake, like, and I've made mistakes out of survival mode. I'm in that like dog paddling space where I feel so like when we're in survival mode, we just don't know where our true self is. And so what self-forgiveness and self-compassion does, it just kind of presses the reset button in our soul where we can come back to our true self. And then from that place is where I take ownership where I have to clean up a mess or say I'm sorry or repair a situation. And so I do it from that place. Whereas often what we do is we hit shame. We either run away from it and avoid the problem that we made or we over-identify with it. I'm just the worst person. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. And then the person, let's just say, you you let someone down then they feel like they have to babysit you because you're not feeling good about yourself but they're the ones that were let down by the you but then they have to prop you up to make you feel regulated and feel good again that's not their job your job is to actually regulate yourself not wait on someone else to make you feel better and so I I love to teach people how to process through mistakes because I think that it's a very very identity tender time and we don't want that mistake to go be suppressed down and be added to your onion layer of shadow we want you to be shame free which I mean I don't know if that's even I mean I think it could be possible who knows but I think it's more just a process for your shame to get you set free and back into alignment so I hope you enjoyed today's episode I hope it didn't send you into a spiral and if it did feel free to reach out for a life coaching session it might be something that you need a safe place to unpack Um, or give yourself a lot of like if if just even talking about the topic sometimes just talking about the topic just presses on something where you're like oh dang I've kept that a secret or I'm hiding that thing Um, yeah just give yourself some compassion be really gentle with yourself and um, even go and listen to other episodes where you know there's conversations about talking about hard shameful things Um, because or even if you're not ready to confess to something or talk about something yet just listen to stories about how people have confessed or come out or said stories or been honest about something Um, start to kind of learn and feed from their courage 
on how to do that because you can ease into this process because shame is such a big hard feeling. So I just want to leave you with that and encourage you to go on a journey of um, really becoming liberated to be unapologetically, authentically yourself. And so have an amazing day, guys.